If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, Mike. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing okay today. How are you, Melinda? Doing well. So what you've done a lot of comedy stuff. What what's your favorite things you've done? Uh, you mean in in all of uh, comedy ever since I started it? Yeah, like what are your favorite shows you've been on? Because I forgot to pull up your bio. Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, the first <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I just had a lot of I had a lot of interviews tonight, and I my assistant is um, doesn't exist. I get it. Uh, oh, hello, the real King Whack in the comments. Uh, can't look at all the comments now. Have to think about what my favorites are. Uh, the first late night show I ever did was the Tonight Show with Conan. So that was a, a particularly specific window that I was uh, thrilled to be. Uh, a part of that was your first tv appearance yeah i had done uh live at gotham on comedy central and i like what you're doing with your with your filters uh but yeah that was the first like network late night television uh debut was the first one was conan on the tonight show in 2009 and then i i had a, a fun a fun good set a like a bunch uh following that like i got to do last comic standing the next year and a half hour on comedy central and then i got to do an hour special that was on netflix for a few years and then is now on amazon and uh a few other late night shows over the times uh but uh and i'm excited right now to be doing this show uh so these are <laughs> Uh, there, you know, there's, I'm, I talked to my mom once about, uh, she had been dating a guy who told her that his favorite time of life was like some week of, you know, many years earlier. He's like, oh, what a great week that was. And my mom was like, you know, I like to think that my favorite time is right now because it's the one that's happening. So sincerely, <laughs> like I've, I've been, I'm very grateful to have done all the wonderful shows that I have in the past, but right now I am. Uh, I am grateful to be here on this wonderful show with you. Thanks, Mike. Well, I'm really happy to see you, and I'm glad you're here, too. And oh, sure. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, for everyone who just tuned in, um, welcome. This is Let's Process This with Melinda Hill, the show where I talk to interesting people like Mike who are making interesting things. And I speak with them about overcoming trauma and obstacles and how that informs the creative process. Uh, during the pandemic, Let's Process This is filmed air quotes live in front of a studio audience on IG Live right here. And then it's released as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Tonight, we are raising awareness uh, and funds for Downtown Women's Shelter in L.A. So if you feel so inspired to give to this great organization, just send a Venmo to at Melinda Hill. It is pinned there in the comments and a portion of proceeds will be sent their way uh, and to a new charity each week. Um, Also, please write me if you know a cool charity because I want to do a different one each week. You can also subscribe to the podcast for free at the link in my Instagram bio. That is at Real Melinda Hill or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Hi, Mike. You have a comedy special coming out and I'm, or it's out now. I'm excited. Tell me about that. Sure. It's, uh, it's very exciting. And I want to, it's an, I'll call it an audio special or possibly you might call it an album, but these days, you know, what is, what do all, what do words mean? Like you text or tweet or DM or private message or email, like it's all information. So this is audio information that was recorded about a year ago uh, and released just uh, maybe a week and a half ago on May 8th. And uh, it is called AKA and it was originally going to be called all killing aside. That was, I was touring with this hour for the past several years. I brought it to Edinburgh. The name all killing aside was uh, what we called it because it was the, the themes of it are, compassion and love and not murdering those are the main things that it was about so all killing aside uh seemed like the perfect name other than we ended up releasing it during a global pandemic with disease and uncertainty and suffering and death all around and so we thought maybe out of context it might sound a little tone deaf in this time to be like all killing aside like why don't you listen to my comedy so I talked to my mom. She was like, well, maybe take killing out of the name, calling all kidding aside. So it's called AKA, which is also short for also known as. So it sort of fits on a few different levels. Uh, but mostly I just am excited about the album. It's an hour of comedy that I, uh, I think is my best. I think it's uh, an hour of jokes that I care about, about things that I care about. And uh, I'm really happy with it and proud of it. So I'm, and it's been, getting a lot of people who I care about saying nice things about it and new people who I didn't know anything about saying nice things. So thanks to everyone for saying all the things. Okay, uh, cool. So it's an album or it's a special. It is an album. It is on iTunes. Okay. Apple, Did you self-release these. it or who put it out? Uh, Blonde Medicine is the record label that uh, it's a guy, a friend of mine named Dom, Dominic Del Benny. Uh, he has this record label that puts out a lot of comedy albums and specials and things uh, he's made uh, called Blonde Medicine. And so I'm, I've worked with him before and I'm excited because he, he knows what he's doing and he knows how to do all the things that I don't know how to do. Uh, like I know how to make the comedy and then he has, you know, he knows how to make it so that it shows up places like iTunes and satellite radio and Pandora and Spotify and, he also hired the uh, publicity people who then help spread the word further. Okay, so let's back up. Go ahead. What kind of trauma have you overcome? Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, these days, I, I don't want to appropriate the concept uh, more than others because, I mean, we're all experiencing this this global pandemic, this uh, kind of loss of our idea of whatever we thought the future would be like as far as or the present would be like the job that I normally do is travel to do comedy and so that is a loss currently uh going back a 
only slightly further. My grandmother uh, passed away two months ago today, and uh, she was 91, and it was, uh, you know, not a surprise that that would happen at that point uh, or at a point, but uh, it is. it was sad. It is sad. It is something that I now uh, think about pretty much. I mean, it's maybe the, the biggest, closest loss to me. Like, I feel like I've lost, I've, I've had people in my life die before, but this is the person who was the most present. Uh, and, and I, it reminds me, I guess this is not the big story about my life, but it reminds me of like the Dalai Lama, uh, was asked once about an experience where he had, he had uh, an old man had come to him and said he wanted to do a particular kind of Buddhist practice. And the Dalai Lama had told him, I, uh, I, oh, that's actually, I don't recommend that for you because it's for younger people to do. And then that man went and committed suicide because he wanted to be reborn as a younger person so he could do the practice that he wanted. And the, the interviewer asked, how did you get over that? Or like, how did you get past that? And the Dalai Lama said, I didn't. Uh, it's just something that now exists and that I carry with me moving forward. So I feel like all of the things, like, you know, as I heard somebody say recently, the longer, the, if you're fortunate enough to live long, then you'll be unfortunate enough to experience pain. And then the what you do with the pain, how you convert that into purpose is uh, sort of the point of anyone's life. So I now understand that more. I was, I lived, I feel like I grew up fortunate in a way. You know, my parents were both teachers. Uh, we had a house. I never was, I, I was never hungry. I, I had an, I was very sheltered. My parents did get divorced when I was about 13, 14. And that was, and we also moved. So there was a lot of like things that, again, I wouldn't necessarily all like capital T, like, I, you know, I don't think I have like PTSD that like I haven't been physically uh, assaulted in ways that, you know, can cause, uh, I think maybe the kind of thing that trauma evokes for me in a, in a way that I'm being like cautious about talking about it. But certainly I had a, a challenging teenage set of years that uh, I'm not alone in, I bet as well. But, you know, the a move starting over brand new, uh, being sort of shy and introverted and not really knowing how to fit in as well as having my parents divorce. And that sort of like set me further into, I guess, my uh, a shell of a kind. Uh, I did have a summer camp experience throughout that time that like school was difficult, but summer camp was like this magical saving grace uh, where I could go and be like free and understand that there were people who were loving and compassionate in the world outside of my family uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess that, like the earliest thing that I would say could be construed as traumatic was sort of just a, a lonely, uh, you know, isolated high school life after my parents' divorce. Then in my twenties, I had my own divorce, which also was a, a traumatic time. So, okay. Well, are- how did you get, oh, how did you move past these painful incidents? Uh, I think that there's, uh, so there's another quote I like from Prophet by Khalil Gibran, where he says, uh, the greater that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. And it doesn't mean that you really will convert every, every pain into joy through some sort of, you know, emotion me, but I definitely, you know, 
the idea that you know every every pain that I have experienced in the past is not specifically actively impacting me now, and so at times like this, I can be I can look back and be grateful to know that those changes happen. And I guess specifically to my my divorce, uh, I felt like at, that was the first time as an adult that I felt like. Uh, emotionally, like I have not been diagnosed with clinical depression, but I felt for at least a, a small period of time, uh, emotionally out of control in a way that if I felt that way all the time, I'd be like, I might need to, uh, seek some external, uh, assistance for this. But it was just like days and days of being like, just sort of crying bags. And on top of that, it was, I was sort of beating myself up emotionally for not being happy because I so I feel like I had been raised to be happy, which not, not to say that my parents didn't encourage me to express my emotions when I was unhappy, but I don't know if it was society or media or family or just my own personal cocktail of like expectations for myself that I'm not supposed to be unhappy, that I'm not supposed to be experiencing sadness feeling this pain. Uh, but ultimately that just compounded it, you know, that the idea that I was like, Oh, now I'm doing this wrong. Also that I'm all like, I'm sad because of this. And I'm also sad because of the sadness. And that sort of kept spiraling until a point. I actually don't remember, uh, if it was a specific person or thing, or just eventually like the specific storm clouds lifted, and I still felt not the best, but I was able to uh, contextualize that to be sad when something is sad, like number one, makes sense that, you know, if whatever you're experiencing at any moment, whatever I was experiencing, if there was sadness, like at this, you know, the, the grieving of the loss of this relationship that I thought might be a lifelong relationship, like that, it makes sense to be sad for some number of days for however months, whatever it might be. So I guess in some ways it was sort of logic that helped me eventually understand or applying logic to the emotions. But since then I've also engaged in like variously to uh, these sort of helpful things like meditation, uh, uh, therapy, uh, psychedelics. What, wait, wait, wait. What kind of meditation and therapy do you do? What kind of psychedelics? We need sure, sure. brand names, sponsor uh, opportunities. No. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I would say so. Therapy. Uh, I just I whenever I've had insurance, uh, which like that pays for it, which isn't all the time, but uh, like so. I think the last I went to therapy was like ten years ago, and I went a little in college, and it was more. I mean, I I like it. I support it. I studied psychology. I live in our society. I am a big advocate of therapy in general or also having like a good friend to talk to which isn't the exact same thing as a trained therapist but just being able to vocalize and if not speak out loud or write you know the like name the problems that you have which is like the first step towards working through and processing them as opposed to uh resisting or ignoring but uh, uh, meditation-wise, I started maybe five-ish years ago with uh, Headspace, the app, uh, and that was like a great way to just 
starting each day with not just jumping into like my phone and email and social media and the news and like the infinite torrent of of everything out you know off the other side of the internet window um like i read a thing recently this guy alan cohen presented the idea that there's the formative years of your life and then there's also the formative minutes of your day and the formative minutes mean like whenever you start your day it's like the formative years of uh of your life like where you want to have enough nutrition you want to have enough care enough physical affection enough mental you know all of the things that you'd like for a baby nice to think about at the beginning of the day so i start each day uh as much as i can with like reading something peaceful and then meditating 20 minutes uh these days i'm using insight timer or waking up or sometimes not an app sometimes i will just like listen to music or lie with my eyes closed or sit with my eyes closed but often i'll use these apps uh, i've used headspace insight timer waking up and i did one with that oprah and deepak chopra was doing for a little while they've got a free 21 day uh, hope themed meditation thing going on but just any meditation i found uh personally all the ones that i've tried are valuable i did the and 21 day thing cool go ahead uh, oh sure sure uh and then sometimes the psychedelics that i use are also uh uh medit which psychedelics uh, do you use you take some acid or something uh, I have done acid a couple times. I would say originally, much from like my mid twenties on, I would do mushrooms uh, a few times a year, maybe, and it wouldn't always be necessarily like a therapeutic tool. Like sometimes it was, sometimes it was like a spiritual kind of journey, and other times it was just like fun with friends. But I would say the first the the first time that I really started conceiving of. Uh, psychedelic as a tool in this way. It's uh, with ayahuasca, which I started doing, I think in 2014. I would go to, uh, there's one guide that I've gone to numerous times over the year. And it is specifically like the guide talks about it as like a, a spirit. Yes, let's say like it helps you learn about where you are and whatever questions you might have internally, either implicit or explicit that you're either aware of or not, uh, it helps uh, address. So that is something that has been real valuable for me. So like, how does that work? You go out the ayahuasca, you got to go out to the desert and you got to go around some, some, uh, some, what, what, walk us through the ayahuasca journey. Sure. Sure. Uh, I would say, so the guide that I go to, from Peru, and so I've mostly done it in the United. Uh oh, you froze. Okay, there you are. Okay. Am I back? Oh, yeah. Great. So you uh, go. He's from Peru. Yes, but he has lived in America for for years, and so he'll come to New York. He'll come to L.A., and so the I have gone to Peru with him, but standardly, most frequently, I have gone to like. A, an open space like a dance or art or yoga studio in Brooklyn and uh, or Manhattan or wherever he is doing it in a particular month. And so you show up and like it's like in usually a group setting. Uh, it'll often be like a Friday, Saturday or Sunday night. 
and then you gather, you sit around like sort of in a circle uh, around the room, and then sort of one by one, uh, people go up and t uh, take this like sort of a shot, like a shot of this ayahuasca tea, it's called. And uh, it's just made of a, a vine and a leaf that get brewed up into this tea form and you drink it. And then the guide uh, who has some as well, he turns the lights off and then guides the ceremony for the next several hours, three to five hours often, where he guides it with these sort of mantras or chants that are called Icaros. They're like these ancient songs that have been passed down for generations uh, or come up with recently. I can't say for sure. But uh, my understanding is that they've been doing this for thousands of years, uh, you know, coming from the jungles of the, uh, of the South American, the Amazon, you know, and, uh, but in, in modern day, it's still, there's, it still has the effect. The, it releases DMT into your brain. It, uh, inhibits the thing that normally inhibits DMT in your brain. And, uh, and then once in there, it's just, it's hard to describe exactly like what is happening. And I'm sure that it's different for every person, but there's like, you know, a, uh, there might be hallucinogenic, you know, sort of visuals that are not necessarily the point, but then you kind of do this sort of feelings work, uh, this spiritual work, uh, just sort of while sitting there and having this, uh, this energy and liquid going through your system. Okay. Um, and what are, what are the benefits? What are the big takeaways? Uh, well, I would say they they fit into maybe two different categories. Like one is sort of like a life coaching kind of thing, and another is kind of like a death coaching kind of thing. And so for the life coaching aspect, there was one time in particular that uh, it was like maybe five years ago, Fourth of July weekend. Um, I had to move, and I was looking for a new place to live, and I was like worried about that because beginning of July, and I needed to get a new place in the next month. And I looked for some places and I hadn't found anything good. And I was like, let me, so it's 4th of July weekend. I'm going to do this ayahuasca ceremony. And I hope that it'll just like, I'll have a good time not thinking about this thing that's on my mind. But in fact, it only really, I only thought about that thing because that was the thing that was most concerning for me. Uh, it was the thing that I was kind of like afraid of. It was like a fearful experience. And what, I would, what happened during the experience was I sort of one by one, like practically speaking, thought about like, well, what am I actually scared of? If I, I feel fear, what am I scared of? I'm scared I won't have a home. Like I'm not worried that I won't have a home because I think I can keep paying for the home I have and it'll just be more than I want to pay for it because I'm living here alone after my roommate moved out. Uh, but I, or if I move out of here, like I can move in with my mom or my dad or a friend, or I can get a hotel or I can, I don't think I'll have to live in, I sort of thought about it little by little. I was like, some small or too far from the train. And I just kept thinking about all of the things that could be possible, all the possibilities. And I was like, none of them are scary. Whichever one happens, I was like. I won't be scared. Like at month, I'll be living somewhere. And so I was able to come away with the idea that like, it seems like, yeah, some of it might suck, but none of it is scary. And so the fear was able to dissipate. And I was like, okay, well, 
whatever thing happens, I'm not scared anymore. And that was sort of like a very small example of like a practical thing that it's helped me with. Like another time, sometimes like the, the, the vibe of the ceremony internally starts with anxiety uh, because like you're, I'm literally not sure what's going to happen. And uh, it often can be like terrifying at times. Uh, And if you don't know what it's going to be, whether it's going to be like the heavenly realm or the more hellish sort of nether realm or this, you know, uh, the one that we're in right now, which might also include all of them. But uh, so there starts, there starts with, uh, it often starts with this anxiety. And then uh, Ramdas, uh, who's a spiritual teacher that I like a lot, has sort of likened, you know, the experience to, if not of this exactly, but sometimes when you're going into a meditative place, there's like an asteroid belt that you have to go through. And so there's like this anxiety asteroid belt. And then on the other side of it, there's this more, you know, open entering of the space. And so that's how it happens a lot. And one time I was doing it, I started calm. And I was like, oh, this one's just a calm one through and through. But then moving in into the future, uh, it got more and more anxious. And I was like, this is not what it's supposed to be. And I, I got sort of a, a similar lesson to what I had when I got divorced, which was like, I was... Uh, upset and getting more upset and thinking like I'm not supposed to be upset and then every every once in a while it would sort of occur to me that oh there's no like who said I'm not supposed to be upset like who said it was like obligated or mandatory that like my life is supposed to be good or that this experience is supposed to be good or that I'm supposed to feel any way at all and so in those moments where I was like oh I it's okay to feel bad if I feel bad that's okay then in those moments, I would briefly at least feel okay because I'm giving myself permission or something was, there was, permission was granted to feel however I actually did feel. And I sort of, I've since learned intellectually that often the, when we're not feeling the way that we wish we felt, part of why we feel that way, part of what feels bad or part of what leads to anxiety is this discrepancy between the way that we want to feel and the way that we are feeling, the way that we wish we felt. If it's not the way that we are feeling, we're like, oh, but I want to feel that way or I think I'm supposed to feel that way. And then that just adds more friction as opposed to accepting the way that I do feel in a moment, which if it's sad or angry or fearful or whatever quote unquote negative emotion, I think I'm not supposed to be feeling or I don't want to feel like acknowledging it, accepting it, naming it, and then, you know, being present in that feeling is more often the way through to beyond that feeling. So feeling, feeling is healing. Yeah, exactly. All right. This is shutting down in two minutes. Okay. Um, So uh, that's amazing. Good job. Um, Congrats on the special. What, uh, any closing thoughts on veganism? How'd you get into it? What are your favorite recipes? What are the big takeaways? One minute, go. Sure. Uh, (laughs) I've been vegan for about 18 years. Mm -hmm. I got into it because I I read some things by Peter Singer and other, you know, like learning about factory farming, essentially wanting the world to be full of less unnecessary suffering. Big fan. I've been 
been roasting a lot of broccoli, just uh, salt, pepper, and spike seasoning. Love that. So that's my recommendation uh, for vegan eating. Don't don't add extra pain into the world. Do add extra broccoli into your body. Oh, Rob Cantrell just joined. We're about to leave, but love you, Rob. And uh, thank you so much for having me and helping spread the word about AKA. I'm excited for people to hear it. Yeah. So where can people purchase it? Uh, if you go to Blonde Medicine, blonde with an E, medicine.com slash AKA, pretty much all the options are there. You can get a physical copy, a mental copy, an electronic copy, or okay. just search for my oh, name. Oh, I thought of an important question. Oh, yes. Sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, oh just, uh, you know, you can download it on iTunes. You can stream it where you stream albums. Just search for my name at AKA. I think they got it, it, Mike. Hey, Mike, um, the last question is, where is... What is your creative process? Oh, sure. Also one minute. Do you want me to do it in a minute? Well, now it looks like there's two minutes. Oh, great. Sorry okay. for the false alarm. There was a red oh. beeping thing, and now there's two minutes. I, I got it. Okay, two minutes, creative process. Uh, I, I have a digital recorder separate from my phone, and whenever I say something or think of something uh, that I think could be uh, an important thing, an interesting thing, a thing about me, a thing about life, that could be a joke, maybe, or a thong lyric, or anything, a story, uh, I will speak it into the machine, and then eventually when the machine is full, I will write all the things in the machine into my notebook, and then when the notebook is full, I'll type it all into my computer, and also, I'll, if doing live shows, I will riff on stage, I will, in the moment, be open to whatever happens, I will listen back to those, I will then feed those into the same system, of uh, recorder, notebook, and... Uh, how, how many hours each day, though? Is there, like, a set uh, time, or it's just kind of fly by the seat of your pants? It is mostly fly by whenever it happens, though I also do every morning after I meditate, do this free writing, and that also sort of gets the brain, heart... Julia so Cameron artist way? Uh, I... I have not done the artist way, but it is essentially similar vibe of that. Yes. Okay. Now we're really in the red. It's about to turn off any second. So I want to say, I'm so excited for you friend for your new special. I can't wait to hear your album, your new album special. It's a special oh, album, not a special. special. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. You are a delight friend. I really appreciate it. Thanks Mike. Okay. Talk okay. soon. Bye. I'm going to call you for vegan recipes. Okay, bye.